And now we're going. Hello. Hello. Okay. Yes. Stuff. Things. Uh, we decided- Fucking Bluehost. Okay. Motherfuckers. All right. Tell, tell me what happened, because I, I, I don't know. I mean, they it's been fine for Crafty Radio. Yeah. They haven't migrated that site to a new server yet. Oh. So they are migrating old accounts to, to new servers. Mm-hmm. New, faster, better. Hitless, you know, interruptionless migration. And they migrated to Going Home Greyhounds, website that I still maintain. I've been trying to get out of it, but still maintain it. Okay. And um, they got an email. They sent me. They sent the email to, to the uh, person at Going Home Greyhounds saying they're going to do the migration. It's going to be hitless. I'm like, okay, don't worry about it. Then the next day, <coughs> excuse me, I get an email from them saying the site's down. So that was 12 days ago. I've contacted Bluehost support eight times. And, and I always get the same runaround that the specialists are working on it. Give them 24 hours. It will be fixed. And you've had this for 12 days. 12 days. By the way, there's a Bluehost link on our website if you'd like to get No, no, shit. I took it off. Oh. Fuck them. <laughs> we haven't had any of those referrals in forever anyway. But um, So I was getting the same runaround using their support. Couldn't get any further. Oh, so I got to the point where I'm like, I demand access to my data and files. Uh-huh. And like you can't have it while the, your site your account's locked while it's in migration. You can't do that until the migration's complete. And I basically was obstinate. I kept demanding, mm-hmm. and they just refused. They would not give me access to the files. I cannot exfiltrate my data from Bluehost until they unfuck their server. Sounds like a uh, Bitcoin exchange. And you know, I gave up Twitter shaming like over two years ago. And I did, you know, I I did took did, made the decision uh, not, not lightly to, to bitch him out on Twitter. Got an immediate response and assurance. Uh-huh. Same old results, though. You know, the, the phrasing is just always slightly different, right? I've escalated. This one was I've escalated to the developers instead of our specialists are working uh-huh. on it. But same fucking results every goddamn time. Wow. You're 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 pissed at this guy. These guys. I am. So I don't know if you saw the tweet I sent out this morning. I made a little graphic. <laughs> you should check that out. Let's see here. <coughs> is killing greyhounds. I said Bluehost is killing greyhounds. <laughs> it's hyperbole, but I thought it, I was going to have some fun with this nonsense. Yeah. I actually, I probably got about six people that like retweeted slash. Told Bluehost to get it fixed, so it hasn't worked yet. Then. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't worked. I don't think anything's gonna work. But well, I can have some fun with it at least. <laughs> I'm going to die because Bluehost won't fix failed migration of adoption website. No one's gonna adopt that. <laughs> <laughs> that is one sad looking greyhound. It's a, it's rib cages sticking out. It, well, it's sad. It's literally yeah. sad to see a dog in that yeah, shape. Yeah. So um, I didn't get any response from them on social media today. I didn't contact their support today because I just couldn't deal with the same old runaround. Where is Bluehost so located? either uh, their their supports all India. Uh-huh. Everyone has Indian names, so um, where, where they are... they speak very good American English. Yeah, but where right? where is the company located? I don't know. I'm wondering if they're in the path of a storm or anything. And that's why there weren't developers in in house. It's still been twelve days. 
for a migration that was supposed to be. Yeah, know. but I mean, if you just got escalated like a day or two, then there was there was this kind of huge story you may have heard about on the news. Yeah. Uh, they refuse. No, though they have they have specialists in India and other places. I'm sure they refuse to roll back so I can get my data. They refuse to give me any kind of dump or access dump of my data until this migration is complete. Mm-hmm. And the they've gone from saying 24 hours to no ETA. Clearly, something got severely, severely messed up in their migration. The database migration failed, but I, there's no way they lost my data. Why is there well, no way they lost your data? Because they have backups prior to migration, everything. So it did. They take backups of. Well, yeah, you you assume because they tell you they take backups. Okay. They do. So maybe they did lose everything, but they should really uh kind of say, "Hey, our bad. We lost your shit." Um. Instead of you know this runaround. Well, like I said, it's like it's like those those flyby night Bitcoin exchanges that something bad happens, but they don't they don't tell anybody for a year and a half, and then when the shit hits the fan, and they don't actually have the amount of money the the, the money yeah. to spend out. Oh, all this. Oh, well, yeah, we kind of lost. Well, I almost held off on Twitter shaming them because I didn't want Craft Beer Radio site to be affected. Mm-hmm. It's a different account completely. They would have to do their research to link the two together link my twitter handle to craft beer radio which is a bluehost account so i'm not we're too worried about retribution retribution i don't think that that's for craft beer radio i mean but i i held off at first because of that no legitimate <coughs> company even if they're you know shit is messed up they're not going to do retribution against i know i want <laughs> I, I realize that's the logical thing but <laughs> Last time I talked to their support, like, it'll be back in 24 hours. I'm like, what if it's not back in 24 hours? And like, it will be back in 24 hours. I'm like, okay, you've told me that six times so far, and it never has. So what if it's not back? I assure you it'll be back in 24 hours. No. I, I, I demand they, they, I demand access to my data. Like, you can't have your data. I demand access to my you're, data. You're talking to it in the Indian support. What are they going to do? Yeah, but there's no escalation paths that I can get. It's just... I'm not going to proactively move Craft Beer Radio. And the reason for that is because Bluehost has been uncaring about the amount of bandwidth that our server draws right when we drop an episode. Uh It's significant. And I could move to a bunch of other web hosts where that's an issue. So until Craft Beer Radio is affected specifically, I'll stick it out, but... There's no more endorsing them. I mean, I've said this before, but I never imagined it would be to this extent. You don't pay them enough to, for them to really care. Right. So when things are working, they work great. I never expected that when things weren't working, they would fail this badly. That's... Well, you live and you learn, I suppose. Yes. Like, I don't expect A-plus support for six bucks a month. Right. But I don't. I think keeping a website down for twelve days and not letting them access their data. I, I think it sounds like they fucked up seriously. Yeah. So you know, kill one. You know, could happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing this on a Sunday because it just you know there was just a big uh, storm of the. Of the, we can't even say storm of the century anymore because it happens so often. <laughs> it, it's storm of storm of the month. It was a storm. It was a storm. 
pretty yeah. powerful one. We just got kind of the edge of it. Some places got like 30 inches, yeah. not too far from here. But uh, Greg was staying at a friend's house, pet sitting down south of the city. Mm-hmm. Got a fair amount of snow. Um, just south of my, I live north of the city, and just south of my house was like where the line was. And we got like two to three inches. Like yeah. We hardly got anything up here. So it, it was, I mean, I could have come yesterday because it, it ended like yesterday mid-afternoon or so but it felt like the roads weren't quite there yet and i was just like you know there's not really much of a point in me running around no, I'm, to, I'm never yeah. going to say yeah. we really need to do a show if yeah. the weather's even a little bit dodgy who cares you know so i'm never you know it that's really your call you're the guy that drives every week right <laughs> so i mean it's your call whether we're doing the show or not because of driving conditions as i said on twitter if it was like 10 minutes away then it wouldn't have been a problem right yeah yeah, yeah. it don't matter to me so we, we ended up doing it today on Sunday. Ooh, what else? Um, lots of different things that we talked about and, and uh, slacked about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess there are some things up on Slack. Got a ninth planet that everyone's going crazy about. Yes, yes, a, a possible ninth planet. They said that, um, you know, from the simulations mathematics, if it's not... On the smallest side of the scale, and not at the or not at the farthest part of its orbit, it should be pretty easy to spot. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it is a lot of the sky you still have to search. They yeah. said it was uh, what was it forty four? Uh, oh, I forget what I forget what unit they used. It was degree something. Maybe square degrees or something. I forget. I know that it could be between something like 50 and 200 AU out, which is huge. Right. But they said it because it's so big that unless it's the smallest predicted size or it's yeah. farthest part of its orbit, we should be able to see it pretty easily. But that's so much of the sky to look at. Right. It's a lot of sky. So like the Hawaiian telescope, yeah. you know, like the 30 meter telescope out there, you know, when it takes a single shot, it's like half a degree or something yeah. like that. And this is, I forget the units, but you know, so it, it would take a lot of searching to, to look for this guy. And, uh, what does it mean? Well, there's something big way out there. Now that's, that's still Kuiper about, or is that a word cloud? Like that's uh, not our cloud yet. Is it? If if you get out to, I think like past 108 AU, you're in Oort Cloud territory, I okay. believe. So, I mean, you're you're way past the heliopause. As so I started looking at, there's, it's. It, I'm glad this one's just called Potential Planet Nine or something like that, because there's so many potential planets with names. You really can't keep track of yeah. what's what. And, but the names, it kind of makes sense. They have names because the name Nemesis is like for a brown dwarf that is in this area that would be have this kind of properties. And then, you know, there is another planet that has a different properties than not planet nine. Yeah, I mean... You know, it, so it's... it makes sense. It's like the particles, right? I mean, we had yeah. a name for a particle, the Higgs boson, before we knew what it was. You know, mm-hmm. so it makes sense to give potential behaviors names. It just gets confusing when there's, like, so many of them. Well, I mean, another example is there. we, we have names for constellations. We have... There are 88 constellations in the sky. And the reasons why is because it allows us to figure out what area of the sky we're talking about. It's mm-hmm. not... They don't... We're not still like doing any astrology, but we are saying, look, you know, these star formations reflect this area of the sky, so we can talk about. Them. 
No, that makes sense for sure. Um, here, let me see. So, like, I was on Nemesis's wiki page for Hypothetical Star. And then if you go under C also, there is um, Taichi, Hypothetical Planet, and Vulcan, Hypothetical Planet. So okay, Vulcan's what, the one on the opposite side of the Earth, right? So what's Vulcan? Vulcan is a small hypothetical planet that is proposed to exist in the orbit between Mercury and the Sun, attempting oh. to explain peculiarities oh, that, in Mercury's orbit. So that was before... Uh, before general relativity explained Mercury's precession. Probably. Um, I'm looking for a date here. They're talking about 19th century French mathematician hypothesized it. So um, so that was Vulcan. And then Tai Chi is... I think this is a far out one. Not the... Yeah, well, it says here, not to be confused with the hypothetical planet nine. Uh, so you know, pe- you know, Wikipedia actually has a thing in here. You know, someone added this because people were thinking, "Oh, it's Planet X." Yeah. You know, you know, because there people were talking about Planet X before Nemesis, Tai Chi. You know, all different behaviors with different names. So Tai Chi was a hypothetical gas giant located in the solar system's Oort cloud, first proposed in 1999 by astrophysicist John Matisse. Uh, tai Chi's existence could. Uh, be seen in supposed bias in points of origin of long period comets. So, th- so this is different because this is we're seeing an ordered, an orderly arrangement of Kuiper Belt objects that appear to be deflected by something of a large mass. Which means that it it would if if we found this thing, it would fit the definition that the current definition of a planet. Uh, it would have to be large enough to be spherical. Uh, it would be rotating. It would be orbiting the sun, and it would be clearing out its orbit because of the effect it's having on the other Kuiper Belt objects. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting looking through it all. And, and actually, let's see. I think the Taichi C also mentions a couple other planets. Um, so there's uh, Talisto. And they have, in Planet Nine. So let's see. Tolisto is a hypothetical planet, uh, trans-Neptunian super-Earth proposed uh, in monthly notices of the Royal Academy of Society in 2014 to explain the unusual orbits of uh, sednoid and detached objects. So again, you know, another kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, another kind, another name on a planet. We'll see. Uh- We'll have to f- find something and then mm-hmm. confirm that you know that it, it's it's going about. I mean, it'd be going really slow. So, uh, you know, it probably right, Planet Nine's like a twenty thousand year orbit or something like that. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't completed an orbit in the entirety of human civilization. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a, a pretty slow object. We'll. We'll see. We'll see what comes out of it. It, it. It's the information looks pretty, pretty good, but we don't have any evidence beyond circumstantial stuff right now. Right. Still cool. Um, it does sort of show why the whole planet thing is is kind of silly, in the sense that planet is really a definition that is, uh, it's it's outlived its usefulness. Is the problem. Sure, but finding something that large out there in the dark parts of our solar system, I, I think, is interesting and important. I mean, it's not going to be the only... We're going to keep finding things further yeah, and yeah, further yeah. out. And the idea of 
every time we learn something like this, like I'm sure, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if you know, once this is becomes confirmed or you know more information, it's going to put a strain on some of our presumptions on how the solar system was formed and things like that. Right? It, it we with... all hear about small rocky bodies out mm-hmm. there. We don't hear about anything that is bigger than uh, Neptune, you know, floating around out there. So it does fit with with the. Uh with what I believe to be a better explanation, uh, I'm not saying it's my, it's like my theory or anything, but it, but I think that, um, interstellar space is probably lousy with these things. It's just, they're, it's, it's just everywhere, but we don't see them because they're dark. They're dark and tiny mm-hmm. in comparison, but it would actually be, you know, if, if it were the case, there's some, there, there's some thoughts that this might account for a lot of dark matter. If <laughs> there's a lot more gas than we think in, interstellar zones and stuff like that right. so that's something that i've wondered about right because i mean there's been this thought of you know how much matter is out there and how hard it is to see this matter and now we're discovering things like this and is that appreciable in the, the grand calculations of matter you know and and everything for a while it wasn't but we're starting to learn more and more and it's starting to sort of tip the scales you know the thing is that if you want to talk, if you want to challenge scientific orthodoxy, there are two ways you can do it. Uh, one way is to just simply assert a different interpretation of the same data. That's not likely to get you much. The other way is to present some data that doesn't fit with the current paradigm. That is much more likely to change things. So you can do the you can do the former, mm-hmm. but the latter is going to be much more effective. Right. Okay. All right. The graph isomorphism problem. Have you heard about this one? Uh, was that the video you wanted me to watch? No, no, no. No, no okay, because I, I, I intended to, but I forgot about it just now. Uh, the graph isomorphism problem is actually... It, it's interesting in a, in a computer science thing. See, the, the basic idea... I'll try to... I'll try to be poetic about this. I won't get crazy onto it because I don't even understand it that well. But roughly, it's if you have a series of nodes that are connected in some way, which you know in computer science we consider that a graph. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's multidimensional, whatever. the The idea is that if you rotate it somehow, if you do some sort of translation, uh, it can look very different, but it's the same graph. And so the question is: Is it hard? Is it an NP problem, mm-hmm. uh, a non-deterministic uh, polynomial problem, or just a regular polynomial time problem to figure out if it's the right. same? Okay, yeah. When I heard, they they mentioned that in the in our time where they're talking P versus NP. That's one of the problems now that you described it. Mm-hmm. They're talking about that. Uh, that's probably where the name sounds familiar as well. Well, there's been a recent thing where some guy put a report that... that Gets close to f- saying that the graph isomorphism problem is a P. Okay. So it might actually be pretty, you know, relatively simple to solve. So, I mean, what that means for people listening is that once, if he solves this problem, then he has a clever algorithm mm-hmm. to solve this instead of having to do a brute force. Right. Instead of having to run every um, permutation, permutation of- right? There's an algorithm that gives you a function, if you will. If you put in input, it gives you back output. And gives you the answer, and really, that's that's if something is a polynomial time problem, a right. p problem, you can 
develop a clever algorithm to solve it, where if it's NP, then um, you have to brute force it. We do, the, the trick is we don't have a good way of solving NP problems. We don't. We can't do anything. The thing, the thing we don't know, right, at this time is, are there NP problems? You know, there's problems that we've n- not been able to come up with a polynomial time solution to, right. so they're, I guess, NP candidates at this mm-hmm. time. But you really don't know. I mean, there's not a proof. Yeah. As far as I know, Greg, right, there's not a proof that anything is NP. No. It, it's the, the assumption is that P equals NP. Again, NP stands for non-deterministic polynomial, which basically just means that we don't know how long it's going to run. <laughs> it could run. It, it could run forever. Right. Um, so, whereas a polynomial time, it, it runs within this this set of right this basic idea of time. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a really interesting problem, especially if you're into computer science stuff, which I think we we, we are kind of forced to because mm-hmm. we're in the business. Uh, it has. The, the immediate effect is obviously on cryptography. That's the thing that if... Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I don't want to go too deep, but there's there's two interesting problems if you're curious about this and what it means in a more of a layman type term. You can look up the traveling salesman problem and yeah. the Byzantine general's problem. And they both start out pretty simple. Basically, you have a traveling salesman. He needs to hit every city. And he, you know, what's the best route for him to take with out repeating cities, you know, shortest route type thing. Mm-hmm. And as far as we know today, there's not an algorithm to give us that answer. You have to basically compute every route and find the shortest one. Right. And if you have, and because there's, so, you know, it, it's a, it's a um, exponential problem. Every time you add a new city to the guy's route, it adds that not not one more possibility, but n more possibilities, depending on how many other cities are in the route. So and the Byzantine general problem is the Byzantine general's problem is interesting because some people claim that Satoshi Nakamoto solved it, or at least came up with that. Oh yeah, uh, a, an interesting solution. So I'm not sure I can repeat that one off the top of my head, but the idea is how many messages do you need to send out or how many generals do you need to coordinate with to make sure that you're all on the same page and they're not trying to right. like backstab you and, and go against you or something like that. They're not traitors. Right. So the idea behind uh, the Bitcoin blockchain is essentially you you don't trust anything until there is a large amount of consensus. So once... So you have a, a, a who knows number of nodes. Once they're all broadcasting, once over 50% are broadcasting the same thing, you then say, all right, that is likely to be the next message. Uh, and the way that you get around people trying to backstab each other is you make it a lot of work in order to solve the correct problem to pass along, but very easy to check. So right. basically what Bitcoin mining is, is solving... Uh, essentially busy work to uh, you know these these um, NP hard problems um, and you're once somebody does solve it it's easy to check so it's passed around the nodes and then that gets added to the chain right yeah they're both they're both interesting and while they're not well they're like real world intuitive things you can understand they're 
really at their core, you know, like the core of computer science, like yeah. problem solving, like, you know, looking at how these, how you can solve these problems. So it, it's really interesting to think about these kinds of things, which are so intuitive in, you know, the real world. Yeah. I would say that uh, the Bitcoin blockchain doesn't solve the Byzantine general problems. It just comes up with a way to, uh, to avoid a catastrophic failure based on Byzantine general problems. Right. Gotcha. Um, but it requires a huge amount of busy work to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of energy. Um, when a guy jumps at you, you swing up at him. Darth Maul <laughs> didn't learn that in his training. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun. We, we watched that. Oh, we watched that before the show last yeah, week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just remember that part. I was thinking, uh, you know, something about some Star Wars things, mostly because I listened to Douglas' movie and they started talking about oh, it again. That that was whole, that was one of the funniest things I ever heard. Where they had the um, the one person, the one lady there who hadn't seen it yet. Oh yeah, and then they had her spoil it, and they started yelling at her. Oh, I was I was crying. It was so funny. That that guy who loved Lucas was so annoying. God, Jacob Shiroff. Maybe, maybe we didn't hear the same one. Maybe not. But uh, there, he was on like two two in a row, and he he loved Lucas, and he loved the the and he thought that the J.J. Abrams stuff was fan fiction, but the Lucas. Oh stuff. no, that's not the one I heard. <laughs> no, the one I heard was with uh, had Camille Nanjiani on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that. That was the most recent and, one. Thing. Okay, all right, I missed the one. I haven't. Well, I mean, I'm kind of. I listened to like three... Camille and Bess who are really funny. Dana Gould, who's not really, but okay. yeah. <laughs> he had his moments in the show, but. Yeah, it wasn't. It was very dad humor. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The um, yeah, I listened to a couple yesterday, so but I still have a bunch on the plate, so probably haven't heard the ones you're talking about. Uh, North Korea invented the first hangover-free alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be in San Francisco. Gonna be in oh, San yeah. Francisco, March eighth through March tenth. Um, uh, March 8th I'm going to be arriving around noon or so and then I'll be free the entire day so Jeff wants me to go to Russian River and I may I, I may. mean it's, it's up to you. you you said what should we do and if I was, yeah, I was well, told I said, what should I do I mean, you're right, not going right, to be there well, well, sure, sure. <laughs> unless you want to go I'm, I'm, no I'm just traveling vicariously uh, um, you know it's it's less than an hour and a half away uh huh Get the whole afternoon free. I mean, there's tons. You could fill your time in San Francisco, yeah. too. If it was me, I would probably, and got the rental car, I'd probably zip up there. Maybe you can get, maybe you can call Vinny and get, like. Call Vinny. Why not? Or send a message. You know him. I haven't talked to him in, in so long. I would feel weird. I mean, we can try. We can try. But uh, it's not like we're. If you did that, we're I would not, definitely. We're, do. Not, we're not tight uh, for any, you know, <laughs> by any means. But uh, we could. See, I could see what I could set up. Let's see. <clears throat> Tornadoes out there. Oh, oh, we're still talking about that. Yeah, yeah. There's um, tornado magnolias. Good place. I'm. You got the rare barrel up in Berkeley. That you know, if you don't want to go all the way to. Russian River, then maybe that's probably a good place. I'd probably hit that up. Um, you know, just cross the cross one of those, I guess the, the Oakland br- Bridge or something, and uh, turn left and hit that up. Well, it's the Bay Bridge, right? I mean, is that the Bay Bridge? Yeah, I guess that's Bay Bridge. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think. I, th- I was trying to remember if there was two over that way. I mean, there's a Golden Gate, of course, right, yeah. but I can't remember if there was one or two off to the east there. Yeah. Anyway. I guess I could drive across the Golden Gate. It probably would be not something, not something you do very often. Yeah. Like Five-mile bridge or whatever it is. Yeah. It'd probably be four, I, I think you pay toll going one way. And I think it's like 14 bucks or, or at least it was. So not super cheap, but not, not horrible. Not like paying like 80 bucks to get across the bridge. I had this... Uh, because thinking about my mother and her gossip <laughs> and I was questioning myself okay so you know because I talk about this stuff we talk about this stuff what's the difference between gossip and just talking about things and I sort of came to the realization of what I think it is okay because I realized sort of what my mother does and why it's gossip versus why just talking to people isn't because my mother is always <laughs> always trying to find lots of little things and then she always tries to whenever she talks to people she'll toss out stuff and see if they uh-huh. bite okay it's not that she's interested she just wants to have something to talk about right so she's just tossing out stuff that she knows to see if they bite and if they bite she's sort of fishing for a conversation just so they'll be interested in her right. not because she's interested in talking about this thing right and that's the difference that's where the gossiping comes in Okay, I would have thought gossip was more of talking, like like the. It's not the scandal, just talking scandalous. shit. Okay, I mean because if if it's directly affecting you, you're affected by it. You know, it, it's bugging you. You know, you're talking shit on somebody. That's not necessarily <laughs> gossip. Right. It's gossip if you're just doing it because you just want to have. You, okay. know, you, you just want to denigrate someone. And you don't care what it is that they, you actually talk about. You just toss out various things until somebody bites. That's gossip. Okay. All right. I buy it. Who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody has an argument against that. Leap year issues with code. This is kind of funny because there's uh, one of the reports I was doing it had to uh, had to start on a particular day and then uh, show up to eight years in advance. Or the the initial conditions uh-huh. were the, this particular day and then eight years in advance of this day. And I realized as I was doing it that might be a problem if it runs on February twenty ninth uh, because it won't be a problem for any subsequent time behind the initial problem because. The little widget that we have that allows you to click in times mm-hmm. will account for that. But when you're doing it just the first thing to the database, when the report opens up, it's not accounted for. I realized, and I put in in comments, this isn't going to be a problem for eight years with an eight-year thing. So it's never going to be an issue with this particular report unless that changes. If it does change, you're going to need to account for that. And then I thought about it and I said, actually, it will be a problem in the year 2094. Two. Right. <laughs> uh, because every hundred years there is no leap year. Mm-hmm. And every four hundred years there <laughs> that is taken off. But anyway, but I realized, you know, I if this code goes on until twenty ninety two You still should put in the comment though. I did, I put it commented. About twenty ninety two? Uh I didn't put a comment in about twenty ninety two, but I put a comment in about leap year. Okay. If this one report runs on, on February twenty ninth of twenty ninety two is going to have an issue. Because it's going to end on February 29th of... 2100. 2100, which isn't today. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I thought that's where you were going when you were talking about Iran. And then, like, you know, what came to me is, oh, it's always going to hit. And then, like, I was thinking there may be an issue on the century because I couldn't remember exactly what the century rule was. Right. And it turns out that it would be. So. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not too concerned that this report for this DMO will be running in 2092. And remember, it, one they, day, a single day, yeah, it, yeah single day, 20, if they were to set it for that day, it'd be fine because the widget would take care of it. So it only is when the initial time it's run. The initial time it's run. What do you mean? Because it it only because every other time it goes through a little widget we have on on there that changes the date and sends that date. To the oh, server, okay. but the first time it runs based on the date that's uh, that it's, it's pre-calculated. Oh, okay. So yeah. why don't you just run it today, and then you don't have that problem, right? Yeah. If, if if you ran it, if you run it today, if you run it for any other date using those widgets, it'll be fine every time. Couldn't you just prime it like now and then? No, because it automatically runs once without going through the widgets. Well, yeah. Just get that over with now. What do you mean get that over with now? Run it now, and then every other time it runs, it'll go through the widgets. Well, that's what it does. Okay, so it ran now, so it'll never hit the issue. No, it's a report that runs when you when you load it. Oh. Oh, okay. So it runs on the back end once you load it, and then it fills in the values in those widgets, and every time you subsequently run it from that page... Oh, I see. You're rerunning it with new stuff you're sending through the widgets. Otherwise, the first time it's run, that page is run on your screen. The first time we access that page, how does it fail? Uh, it fails. With, I mean, like, the, I mean, like, how, like, what does the user see if they ran it on uh, February 29th? The user would see an error saying uh, <clears throat> there was an error. This is the error number. Contact and looking for more information. I think that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that it would take, I mean, just programming in the stuff for one particular day in 100 years uh, was not a good use of my time. <laughs> but why? <laughs> you want to go on to the show? Yeah. Let's... Show, show, here we go. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right. 